Today's Issues continues on AFR with your host, Tim Wildman, president of the American Family Association. Welcome back, everybody, to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. Tim, Ed, with you. If you want to send us an email, the address is comments at AFR.net, comments at AFR.net. Steve Paisley Jordahl now joins us. Good morning, Steve. Good morning. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Had a good weekend. Finally saw the Jesus Revolution last night. Was it good? Yeah, I loved it. You liked it? Yeah, I did. I've I've got a, well, I think it's, I don't know if it'll still be. Playing next you weekend. better get to it. Yeah. I saw it two weeks ago. Uh, outstanding movie. Highly recommend it. Yeah. The Jesus Revolution. Um, yeah, it's it's still in theaters. Okay. Still in theaters. Uh, you know, we were talking about, uh, Steve, we were talking about President Trump. You know, he's in Iowa today. Yes. And I, will you find out if that's a rally or what exactly he's, uh, is he speaking to a, uh, like a group? I will. Uh, he's in Iowa today. Uh, of course, Governor DeSantis of Florida was in Iowa two or three days ago or so. And, um, of course, Governor DeSantis has not announced yet. But It's kind of his book tour, though, right? Another person that may announce they're going to run for president would be former Vice President Mike Pence. That's been speculated, right? Mm-hmm. Now... If you had to look at, if you had to handicap, not we're bet, not betting men. Uh, now you would say Vice President Pence. He may announce, but he's a long shot, right? You accept uh, Trump uh, and DeSantis would be the top two vote getters. <clears throat> Probably Trump winning if you were to vote today in Iowa, right. for example. Okay. However, I don't think there's any chance that President Trump would choose Mike Pence. As his VP, it should he win the Republican nomination. Nor do I think there's any chance that Pence would want to be Trump's VP, right? Going forward, because uh, Mike Pence, former Vice President, spoke to let's see at a group of uh, this is the Gridiron Dinner in Washington. Is that like journalists and so forth? Uh, I'm not sure who goes to 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 the gridiron. Shouldn't it be football players? I know it's not. But. <laughs> that's been that's that's a long time. Uh, Washington, it's you know kind of. I think it's tuxedo. Anyway, I'll just quote from Vice President Pence: uh, "History will hold Donald Trump accountable for January the sixth. Make no mistake about it, what happened that day was a disgrace, and it mocks decency to portray it in any other way. President Trump was wrong. His reckless words endangered my family and everyone at the Capitol that day. End of quote. So that's that's the end of that Christmas card exchange yeah. between those families, huh, Ed? Uh, yeah, there's not going to be any uh, Christmas card uh, uh, swap uh, between them. I, let me just say, I, I looked up the Gridiron Club. I've been hearing that for years. I didn't realize how long that's been going on. But the club, the Gridiron Club, was founded in 1884. And um, the gridiron symbol appears on the club tie 
They have white gridirons. So like, kind of like the Illuminati. <laughs> Am I right? Was Joe Biden at the original meeting? <laughs> He's getting old. You know. Anyway, I don't care who they are. The point was. Yeah, it's an old time. It's, 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 the point was that uh, President, Vice President Pence is making a clean break from right. President Trump and uh, doesn't want. So they. If Vice President Pence runs, he's sort of running as his own man, not as the Vice President of President, uh, former President Trump. So, anyway, yeah, it's uh, kind of a bold thing to do. Uh, I, you know, that's you know, Mike Pence is always been honest about his feelings about all kinds of things. I wouldn't expect him to be any a real emotional, less real emotional guy. <laughs> he's very, very laid back. Here's the thing. He's the calculation. I'm guessing that Mike Pence made there is if he does have plans to run for the Republican nomination, this is probably probably his last shot to do so. He probably knows he's going to be asked about the January sixth. Right. So get it behind him. Yes, get it behind me. I am not going to lie about what I feel about. He, I think he believes that President Trump uh, encouraged. Uh, the group to be vocal and emotional, go down there. The president did say peacefully protest, but Mike Pence thinks that spurred the crowd on and those handfuls, you know, I don't know what the number was that went inside, hundreds maybe, um, that that's President Trump's fault. So he figured, I'm going to get asked about this anyway. I'm just going to get this out in the open. And if that Eliminates my shot at getting the nomination fine, but Mike Pence is not going to lie. So he's a, a good, solid Christian man. But Trump supporters will never vote for Mike Pence because they, the president believes that Mike Pence was disloyal to him. Mm-hmm. So. All right, Steve, what do you got? Well, President Trump's going to be in um, Davenport, Iowa. He will be at the Alder Theater. They're giving uh, tickets out, so it's going to be a regular campaign speech. He's going to talk about education. That's that's a big issue in this uh, coming election, education, all the stuff that's going on in schools, but also the failure of many. Not all. I tell you what, public schools. Uh, I don't know who President Trump's speechwriter is now, but they're doing a great job. Yeah, well, in my opinion, as, just, as he just what I believe. Yeah, if he no, if he sticks to the script, President Trump sticks to the script. Uh, his his writer, whoever it, again, whoever it is now, is doing an outstanding job of uh, putting putting those speeches together for him. Yep. Yeah, I, I mentioned listening to the speech he made at CPAC. And I will say this, President Trump is still kind of a force of nature because he just spoke. I think it was it was well over an hour. I think it was close to an hour and a half or something insane. He just speaks. Now, he I we talked about during the break, Tim, that uh, his energy level does seem a little bit diminished. But at, at thinking about it, you're talking about the speech writing. He did mention on several occasions that uh, now they don't want me to go off script here, but I am. So I wonder sometimes if his energy levels diminished a little bit, if he's reading off a teleprompter rather than just going off the cuff, because that's usually when he gets the most energetic. Well, I'm not trying to read now it'll be it. interesting to see. I'll, I'll watch tonight, but his speech at CPAC, you, his, in my opinion, his voice was noticeably weaker 
than it was, say, two years ago. Yeah. But that's what happened when you get between 75 and 80 years old. Right. A lot of people start losing their voice. Yeah. Or at least the strength of their voice. Right. Becomes weaker with age. Uh, I, I did notice. Did you notice that? I, I, I did. I did notice yeah. it. But, again, I, I, I'm interested to see if he has off-the-cuff remarks if his energy level picks up. But it is true. Just in terms of biology, you you do uh, you do get weaker, and your voice sometimes will reflect that yeah. when you get older. I think his his off the cuff remarks, uh, while an asset to him, sometimes uh, if he'll stay away from going after other Republicans ton- uh, tonight with off cuff remarks, and just stick to Biden and the Democrats, you got enough to go after that. Which is a winning recipe. Yeah. Yeah. There's plenty there, but don't don't go off on Governor DeSantis or um, um, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, or any 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 of the other ones, or Vice President Pence. He'll be tempted to go after Pence. Some yeah. people think he can't help himself. So. The one thing I do know, he's living rent free in all the Democrats' heads. Still, just this morning, yes, just this morning, President Biden blamed President Trump for the banking crisis. Well, and. Uh, <laughs> And he said, my administration, thanks to the quick actions of my administration, all your insurance, all your deposits. Oh, he's, it's. Corrine Jean-Pierre blamed the border situation and yes. all those, uh, 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 that thousand yeah. people, uh, illegal immigrants trying to rush the border. She blamed that on Trump as well. Everything that this administration says is more about how Trump is bad and we are good than it is about whatever issue. That you just draw, it's like, it's like a mad lib. You put the whatever situation it is in there, border, you know. Yes. President Trump is at fault for the they did down. That, they did that with Bush, too, if you remember. Yeah. The Democrats. Yeah. Everything was Bush's fault. Well, when the economy under President Obama, two terms, uh, did not rebound the way he had promised, he blamed that. And to his, you know, to his credit, I say to his credit, his point was that that big banking crash that we had at the tail end of the Bush administration, that was a huge blow to the economy. Yeah. So he had a ready-made excuse to blame Bush for really the, the, uh, the regulations that had been instituted under Clinton, uh, even before Bush. But anyway, that's, that's politics. You blame the guy that came before you, Uh, try to make yourself better than this one, man. All right, next story, Steve. All right, well, I think the dam may be breaking. Really? Uh, We've been talking a little bit about how the COVID thing, will anybody be held responsible? Well, in Atlanta, in about a week and a half, they're going to have some, the Mendenhall Law Group is convening a worldwide COVID litigation conference. And they're going to be talking about employer mandates, educational mandates, medical board certification and fraud and libel, uh, the VAERS system of the, for the uh, vaccines, civil rights, public access, churches that are closed, censorship uh, with, uh, on, the, on the social media, vaccine injuries, hospital negligence. All of this is going to be a remdesivir and uh, Harley, uh, Harley. Hydroxychloroquine and and uh, such—they're all going to be talking about, and you're going to be hearing this. Were you locked out of your church? Did your loved one die from a COVID or the shot? And the lawsuits are going to start coming, and that's going to unravel the whole thing because they won't be able to hide. Fauci will not be able to hide behind 
any, you know, pretense, discovery in a, in a court of law, and with money on the line, people are going to start talking. Now, listen, this is, this is a really, really big deal, this COVID litigation conference. Yeah. Because, right, what, what you said there at the tail end, Steve, I mean, you're going to get attorneys who are going to smell big money. Yep. Big money. We're talking the potential for hundreds of millions of dollars um, in uh, fees and, you know, litigation fees, attorney fees, all those kind of things. Um, you are going to ha- – these uh, attorneys are going to bird dog this. They're going to find every scrap of evidence, and that means with discovery, they're going to be demanding emails. They're going to be demanding other kinds of communications. Uh, this this is going to be uh, the potential for huge blows to government credibility, to the medical and health establishments, uh, pharmaceutical companies, social media. All this okay. stuff will probably come out in the open, and uh, this is going to be – this is going to be big. And a lot of groups are going to take a hit. According to the lawyers that I've talked to about this kind of stuff, um, yes, they gave some immunity to drug companies. We won't sue you. But if the drug companies actually knew that this thing was harming people right. and they still put it out there and people died, that's not covered by, immu- by right. their immunity. This, <laughs> if, the if immunity, my understanding is, Steve, correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding this immunity that is given to these pharmaceutical companies wasn't just covid it's when the FDA approves any kind of drug, they are given some immunities to cover the small percentage of people that will have an adverse reaction to drug X. Yes. They are given some limited uh, immunity, but it's – And as, it's as, civil immunity to, to, to the, they won't have to pay out a bunch of money. It's not criminal immunity that I, as, far as, I'm, as far as I'm aware. Well, and as we have, have noted – if you've watched any TV at all or streamed any programming, when you see these ads for these attorneys saying, this, if you took this drug, you took this drug, even that limited immunity doesn't protect you from the civil penalties that can accrue if yeah. there is something that happened that the drug the company law, should have known. Yes. So I have a feeling the reckoning is coming. At long last, our national nightmare is over. Well, maybe not. And well, I hope that what comes out of this, if this does happen, uh, like you're suggesting, like I'm suggesting, like others are suggesting, uh, I, I certainly hope it will prevent this from happening in the future in terms of yep. the government overreach and the heavy-handedness and the, uh, the suppression of constitutional liberties by the federal government, oftentimes using... Uh, social media, for example, as a, an agent mm-hmm. of their suppression of constitutional liberties. I hope we can avoid this in the and future. And maybe they've learned lessons if they, because everybody's talking about the next pandemic, right. the WHO taking control, and uh, uh, maybe maybe this will get some of that off the past. I yep. sense that Tim looks a little doubtful about this. He's shaking. No, I'm just bored with the topic. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we can move on. Yeah, but but, it, but I did find it interesting the first sixty seconds or so. <laughs> okay, okay. So the next three or four minutes, it was. <laughs> that, that's nothing personal. No. you fell. No, I'm I, just saying. I get it. You know, I get I, it. You're right. We all have our interest and things that we don't find interesting. So we'll try this one on for size. All right, go. When you talk to somebody about the a college student about woke uh, about race relationships, are do you think you're getting 
the actual belief of the of the person they're talking to, or are you getting what they expect you to say? Mm, that's a good question. That's a good question. It sounds like you have a story about I this. I might have. <laughs> I found this interesting. Turning Point USA <laughs> sent reporter Savannah Hernandez to the University of Texas, Austin. And she was she's asked, a person of color. She is a person. She's, she's a, a, a more melanated person, as our Abe Hamilton would say. And she was asking about different things. And I want you to hear how this conversation went. This is an unnamed college kid, a, a white dude. So a man on the street type a man thing? on the street. Yeah, college student on the or street. Or a person on the street. But yeah, go that yeah good night anyway uh she asked this guy i don't even know what the question was but uh listen to the way this guy answers and how she turns this around on him cut 11 i i grew up as a white man and you're the exact opposite you know and so it's like my experiences are going to be different from yours how come i think uh you know there's a thing of like white privilege uh what privileges do you have that i don't have oh see that's the question i keep asking myself because like in this day and age like all the laws I say all the laws, you know, I'm, it's hard to speak on something I'm not fully knowledgeable of. So, like, I'm sorry if I, like, make a mistake uh, in saying this, but it's like, like, uh, hmm. Don't you think it's a problem in society when white people think that they have more privileges than brown or black people? Yeah, and I think that's sort of the agenda that's pushed off because, personally, it's like, not that I think I'm more privileged than anyone else because I had to work to get where I was. And that's like the... So why do you have that mentality immediately where you, you know, kind of apologize to me? Like, let's talk about privilege. Let's talk about I'm a white man in America, so we could have grown up differently. Why, why is that your first initial reaction to me as a brown woman? Wow, you're getting me good. See, these are the kind of conversations that I love having. Um, and I think it comes from a place of like... Uh, I wouldn't say caution. But, like, in this day and age, people are so quick to judge and react and cancel. And so I guess it's that, that like, caution to go into an interview like this. I'm like, I, I don't know where we're at. But now I know where we're at, and I can, like, uh, go no, listen, tell the truth. <laughs> listen, that, what he was saying was, uh, I wanted to tell you whatever it is you wanted to hear. I don't have any conviction on this, nor do I, and I'm pretty ignorant about the whole topic, but I've heard white privilege you're a brown lady. I thought you were going to hit me with that. And I was going to say, I'm, hey, I'm in agreement with you on that one. She goes, what does it mean? He goes, I don't know. <laughs> but he, when he, in a, in whatever moment he of honesty, candid, we saw that he said, this is the kind of conversation I would actually like to have, right. but I'm always afraid of getting canceled. You know, what's, what's fascinating about this. Uh, I, I didn't know this was coming. I, I told you I wanted yes, this story because I've, I really feel Behind bad for curtain. a lot of young people because they are, they are pushed into a corner. But this uh, young woman from Turning Point uh, USA, her, her name is Savannah Hernandez. Yes. The, the implication here, right off the bat, this young white guy, this white college kid, assumes that because she's, yep. I think she's Hispanic, she's liberal and, and woke. Right. And if you're a conservative person of color, man, you get, it's a, like a double whammy from your own community. You get retribution you're not black enough or you're not hispanic enough because you have conservative viewpoints and so she found out and i think that she knew this was going to happen because i'm sure white people fumbled all over themselves to to say white privilege to a person of color and i think that that probably is a good thing to remember next time you think that woke is taking over the world i have a feeling it's just a very small percentage of very radical left people that are yelling this and making everybody cower yes 
Well, uh, surveys have shown uh, the Hispanic community is not as, quote, woke as uh, some people make them out to be. They're, they're, they're more, they're, they're, they're a lot more traditional in their yeah. values and uh, morals than are uh, other minority groups. Well, what's, what's the uh, word Latinx, Latinx? Yeah. I, I don't Latinx, know. However they pronounce it. I, yeah, I don't know. Latins don't pronounce it at all. No, they, they, <laughs> they do not like that no. term. No. So yeah. uh, the vast majority yep. don't. All right, Steve, next story. I want to end this segment by talking to the criminals out there. You know who you are. If you've stolen something or if you are dishonest in some way, the IRS has a message for you. Mm -hmm. This is an IRS uh, advisory. It says, income from illegal activities such as money from dealing drugs must be included on your income schedule 1, 1040, on uh, line 8Z. If you steal property, you must... Report its fair market value on your income in the year you steal it, unless you return it to its rightful owner in the same year. No, that's not real. It is real. That's not a Babylon B story. No. <laughs> so uh, let me just tell you why. And they is... say we won't we won't turn you into the cops. We just want your money. Yeah, you know you know why the IRS may be doing this in part. Part of it is to get all the money, their hands on all the money they can. All right. You know, some people you can't prove that they stole property, but if they put on their IRS form, what form is it? What 1040. The 1040. If you put on on there that you got this from your full-time job which is breaking into parked cars, <laughs> okay? They can't you can't go to prison for that kind of thing. That's that's insane. Yeah. They uh, and you know every criminal I know is going to well you know when I do my taxes yes at least I'm honest there yeah I'm going to well, steal it, your where, wallet is it in California that you can steal up to a thousand dollars worth of goods in some places and, and not be San charged for example or it's a misdemeanor you know what I saw that was the, the the best response to that there was a a, a variety store like a Walmart or something or a, a, a drugstore that listed everything on the shelf was a thousand dollars. Everything you get a toothpick, it's a thousand dollars with a discount given at the cash register. Oh, but you, yeah, but I, I'm, I'm mocking the whole idea yeah. because it's so s- silly to think that shoplifters are gonna have a calculator and go and you know what I got this. I'm up at eight hundred ninety-seven dollars <laughs> worth of stolen goods in my basket here. I, 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 I just need to go ahead and walk out now. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm going over a thousand. I could really get in trouble. Well, I think what hap- what happens, we've all seen the videos of the trash bags, is that nobody at the store is going to stop them. No. Because they're not counting it either. No, and in, and in San Francisco and Portland, businesses are leaving are. by the droves because and shutting down. We Even some national change because of this uh, stealing and shoplifting problem that right. w- when it goes unpunished, then more people do it. Yes. And because uh, it's quote unquote just a corporation. Right. So they can cover it. I have a right to it. All right. We're out of time. Uh, thank you for yours. Appreciate it. Thank you, Steve. My pleasure. Uh, thanks to Ed. Appreciate Absolutely. it, Ed. Absolutely. Just outstanding contribution to today's program. But not boring? Uh, no. <laughs> Except for about 45 seconds there. Thank you. Yeah, and I wasn't personalizing. I was just, you know. By the way, Carol uh, yeah. on Facebook says, I'm a retired IRS officer 
that law has been on the books for years. So apparently it has been illegal all these years to steal stuff and not put that it's, on your 1040. <laughs> oh, there's Thank a you, lot Carol. of guilty, feeling guilty crooks out there. Uh, thanks right to Fred Jackson and Rob West and uh, also Brent Creeley, our producer. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Have a great day.